This episode of the Biting Truth podcast is brought to you by IGA Supermarkets, where the locals matter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Biting Truth podcast. This is a weekly podcast that cuts through all of the confusion and misinformation in the nutrition space to give you up-to-date, cutting-edge nutrition advice. I'm Anna, and with me is Alex, and we are the dietitians and co-founders of The Biting Truth. So this is the final episode of season one of The Biting Truth podcast. It's very exciting. Um, And as some of you may be aware, this season we pre-recorded all of the episodes as we had a lot going on at the start of this year. A few things happened, didn't they? (laughs) Um, Alex had a baby. And Anna got married, you know, two big, huge life events thrown in there at pretty much exactly the same time. Literally days apart. Um, We'll have to go into that probably in some some future episode. Yeah. um, But for the next season, so we're currently in planning mode, which is very exciting. Season two is going ahead. And what we're going to do is actually record these live each week. And we thought it might be a good idea to introduce maybe a weekly share or a favorite recipe or food product of the week. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, no, that'll be good. We always have like, we're always cooking new things or trying new products and and people always ask us about it. So we thought we may as well share it with you guys, see if you like it. Yeah, and we're excited for it to be a bit more topical so we can really keep you up to date with what's happening in our lives, but also in the nutrition world. But in this episode, in our last episode of season one, we're doing things a little bit different um, and we've actually got some questions and some answers um, from questions that you guys sent through to us. Mm, so Instagram. thanks so much to everyone who sent through their questions. There were lots that we obviously do not have time to get through. Um, get to today, but we will definitely do more Q&A episodes in the future if you guys like these. So let's kick off with our first question. Is it bad to eat carbohydrates at night? Okay, so the short answer here is that no, it is not bad to eat carbohydrates at night. And just for anyone who's wondering what exactly a carbohydrate is, we're talking about foods like rice and pasta and bread and noodles, as well as starchy veggies like potatoes, sweet potato, corn and things. So it is absolutely okay to eat these foods once the sun has gone down. Our bodies do not magically digest these foods any differently when it is dark outside. But of course, you know, that that's sort of, you know, I'm making I'm making fun of it there, but there's a lot more to it really. So when it comes to carbohydrates, we do want to try to sort of spread them out throughout the day. Because carbohydrates break down to glucose and it's that glucose that really fuels your muscles and your brain. So we do want to try to spread it out a little bit and, and have it throughout the day. But it does really come down to you, your individual lifestyle and goals in terms of how you spread that out. So some people might have more carbohydrates in the morning, whilst others might choose to sort of have more later in the day. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's really thinking about that quantity. You know, you often hear Anna and I bang on about the healthy plate. And so, you know, when you're having dinner, have a look at your plate and what is the spread looking like? Ideally, we want about a quarter of the plate coming from carbohydrates. And if we think about, you know, the typical spaghetti bolognese, there's often a lot more. Pastas, it can be easy to overdo it, can't it? Um, And so a quarter of a plate might sort of equal to one or two serves of carbohydrate a day, which is like, you know, 
like half to one cup of cooked pasta or rice. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind is what time you exercise, because I know a lot of people do exercise first thing in the morning and they might not eat before they exercise. And if this is you, that means that your body is going to be relying on the carbohydrates from your night before, the dinner before. So it would be worthwhile making sure you're getting some good quality carbohydrates in that din- dinner meal. Yeah. And so speaking of quality, when you're choosing carbohydrates, as again, I'm sure you've heard us talk about, we want to be choosing whole grain carbohydrates. So these carbohydrates are going to contain a lot more fiber. They're less processed. They contain more vitamins and minerals. Um, you know, we're talking things like brown rice, quinoa, um, pulse pastas we love, whole grain bread, all those kind of really good quality carbs. Yeah. So unfortunately when we say it's, you know, it is good to have carbs at night, we're not saying so go out and have pizzas and sausage (laughs) rolls and huge quantities of pastas, both the quality and the quantity really come into play here, particularly if you're sort of, you know, have any weight goals in mind. And just one more point on this. I think if you're someone that finds that, you know, you have dinner and then you feel like you're sort of snacking constantly as the night goes on, then potentially you're not having enough carbohydrates. It could be something else, like maybe not enough protein, but often with our clients, we see that they're actually not having enough carbohydrates at dinner. So just make sure that you're not under eating carbs, which then means you're snacking on chocolate all night. Cause. And I find that fully happens. Like if I occasionally, because sometimes with carbs, they can take a while to cook like rice and things. So sometimes if I haven't done any meal prepping or potatoes, for example, take ages to roast, sometimes I might just have a steak with veggies. And I really notice that when I don't have any carbs, I feel hungry sort of an hour later and then I'm going to be snacking on kind of higher sugar foods or whatever it might be. So I would have been better off having a a piece of bread or some pasta or something with that, with that steak and salad. All right. So question number two what spread of proteins should I have throughout the week? Yeah, and I think this sort of came off the back of one of our episodes and we are really passionate about meal planning, as you guys would know. And what we actually find useful is to kind of base our meal planning around what proteins we're having through the week as that way we can get a really nice spread. Um, I'm not sure about you guys, but I know sometimes if I haven't done meal planning, I can end up having, you know, fish four out of seven nights or, you know, chicken every night or so, you know, thinking about your week and kind of basing your meals around your protein is really helpful. All of our clients listening will say, will know it when we say like meal planning is just an absolute must when it comes to healthy eating, even if you're having pre-prepared or any of those sort of food options, um, you still want to do a bit of planning so you get that nice split of proteins. Yeah. And so I think if we, in terms of specifically what we recommend aiming for, so if you're someone, if you're not vegetarian or vegan and you're sort of eating all animal products and open to vegetarian options, then we would say when it comes to fish, aiming for to have fish around two to three times a week. Um, we know fish is a great source of, you know, omega-3 fatty acids, healthy fats. So And if salmon can be one of those times at least, that's fantastic, but you could easily have salmon a couple of times a week as well. It's just such a nutritious food source. Yeah. Then, of course, red meat. If you're someone that eats red meat, aiming to have red meat one to three times a week, you know, we that's sort of what we go for. It's a really good source of iron. Yeah, but just be mindful that we do want to limit our consumption of red meat, but it's still absolutely healthy to include it in in smaller portions. Then chicken, generally maybe three to five times a week. Um, and then that leaves some room to get some vegetarian proteins in there 
if you want to as well. And I guess sometimes when people think about vegetarian meals, they sort of might think, you know, veggies or salad, but definitely make sure you're including a vegetarian protein source in there. Yeah, and in all the meal plans that we sell online, they will – well, we have a vegetarian one which is only vegetarian, but for our other sort of regular one, we always include some vegetarian meals throughout the week because it is part of a healthy diet to be getting some of these plant-based proteins in. Yeah, and if you are vegetarian – or vegan, yeah. Yeah, it's really important that you're thinking about as well your spread of proteins throughout the week and that you're not just having chickpeas every single meal because that's probably not going to make your gut feel very comfortable but also you're going to get pretty over it. So thinking about the variety of things like legumes, the different types of legumes, chickpeas, black beans, lentils, things like tofu, tempeh, and then if you're someone that eats eggs and dairy, um, and also incorporating things like nuts and seeds to help increase your protein. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What should I be looking for on the food label when choosing a snack? Yeah. So here we're talking about packaged snacks. Obviously, if you're having things like fruit as a snack, then you don't need to worry. They don't even have labels, (laughs) so we don't need to look at those. Um, And ideally, I guess when it comes to snacks, there's a few things nutritionally you're going to look at. So firstly, you might have a look at energy. Um, So we usually recommend trying to stick to up to 600 kilojoules um, per serve. So just ensuring it is a bit of a a portion controlled snack. Otherwise, you know, a snack can quickly become a meal. Yeah, definitely. As we spoke about in the snacking episode, we ideally want to aim for the snack to have at least some some protein or some fiber. So if we're looking at a protein kind of snack, so that might be like a yogurt or something that's dairy-based, then we want to aim for at least five grams of protein per serve or if we can around 10 grams of protein. That's going to be considered more of a good source of protein and it's sort of more ideal. Yeah, when it, when it comes to snacks, like around 10 grams of protein is a, is a good sort of aim to have in mind. And then ideally you want to get a little bit of fiber in there as well. So, you know, again, at least three grams of fiber per serve is ideal. And, and I guess the way you do that, like if you're going to have a yogurt, maybe add some fruit in there. Or, you know, if you're going to have hummus, if you have it with some veggie sticks, you're going to then get that sort of fiber protein combination. And as Alex said, we delve into this in lots more detail in the episode on snacking that we have. Yeah. Um, and then just finally, I guess if you're choosing a snack that's more of like a savory kind of salty snack, then we just want to keep an eye on the sodium. So for a snack to be considered, I guess, low salt, then we want to be choosing something that has less than 120 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams. So if you look for that on the label, however, this is often quite hard to achieve. So if we're being more realistic, then we would be saying aim for less than 400 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams. Salt is a bit sneaky. It manages to find its way into lots of products. So it's definitely something to be conscious of. So another question we got was around any tips to improve immunity coming into winter. Yeah. Okay. So I guess firstly, where we'll start with this question is we want to make it really clear that you can't necessarily improve your immunity through diet, but you can certainly ensure that you're getting all of the nutrients that your body needs to improve its overall health. And we can support your immune system through specific nutrients. So I guess, you know, a good place to start when it comes to supporting our immune systems through diet is to try to cook food yourself at home as much as possible. 
because anytime you do this, it's going to you know, be a, a more nutritional meal. You're going to get more nutrients in there and it's going to be lower in sort of those you know, fat, salt, sugar and things that we are trying to limit. Yeah, and, and if you're doing it yourself, then you can really focus on using lots of those plant-based foods like fruits and vegetables that we know are so nutrient-rich um, and also making sure that you're getting enough protein and carbohydrate. Mm, yeah, so I think another, you know, in terms of supporting the immune system through diet, protein is definitely really important. Um, our immune systems absolutely need protein to be able to function at their best and people who aren't getting enough protein will find that their immune system is weakened. So you might find that you're catching that cold or flu a little bit easier then, of course, eating lots of plant-based foods is really beneficial. So like Alex mentioned, fruits, veggies, but also, you know, your legumes, um, soy-based foods like tofu. Yeah, and then also looking after the health of our gut. So we know that about 70% of our immune cells actually live inside our gut. So we want to make sure that our gut is really nice and healthy so that it can train up those immune cells and they can function at their best. So, you know, well, we could spend all day talking about how we can look after our gut, but thinking about things like probiotics and prebiotics. And then I guess, you know, without spending too much time in this question, there are some specific nutrients that are good to keep in mind that are, you know, specifically involved in the immune system. So vitamin C is a big one. So the real key with vitamin C is what happens is when people fall sick, they suddenly think, oh, I need vitamin C and they might take a supplement or go eat, you know, food time vitamin C. But really you're way better off having vitamin C every day before you get sick. So try not to wait until you're sick to load up on vitamin C. Try and get it in your body every day. And our bodies don't actually store or produce vitamin C. So that's why that daily consumption is really, really important for a strong and healthy immune system. And of course, like we get vitamin C from from fresh fruits and veggies. So your citrus veggies are fruits and are really good, um, you know, capsicum, cherry tomatoes, those sorts of foods. Yeah, so it's really easy to get. We have no excuse not to be having enough vitamin C, really. <laughs> Zinc's another really important nutrient involved in immunity. Foods that are rich in zinc are things like red meat, oysters, legumes. Yeah, oysters. Um, we recently did a poll on our Instagram and it was sort of 50-50 though. There's definitely some oysters haters out there. We are massive oyster fans <laughs> and I always feel like I'm just getting this little dose of zinc when I have an oyster. <laughs> Yeah, things like nuts and seeds, eggs, dairy foods and oats. So, yeah, we get fine zinc in lots of different foods. Vitamin D. So as I'm sure many of you know, sunlight is the best way to get vitamin D. But there are luckily some foods that are going to give us smaller amounts of vitamin D. And again, salmon's popping up here um, is is a pretty good source of um, vitamin D. Um, Yeah, so if you can have it a couple of times a week. And then I guess finally iron is another one that is involved in our immune system. So if you are tired all the time or you're getting sick easily, it could be really worth paying attention to your iron levels. Go to a doctor, get a blood test. We say we, we often recommend people do that every few years just in case anyway, but particularly if you have any symptoms. Um, and then in terms of where we find iron, to be honest, it's, it's a lot of the high-protein foods that we find iron. So a lot of those animal-based sources of protein, but also the plant-based sources of protein. Yeah, and I guess, you know, when talking about immunity, it's important to acknowledge, you know, we always get questions around 
should you take a vitamin supplement or a mineral supplement? And whilst these sort of things probably aren't going to hurt, there's very little research to prove that they're going to do much benefit. So if you are worried that maybe you're not getting enough of something in your diet or you just want to have someone look over it and, um, you know, really scrutinize it, then we would recommend speaking to a dietitian to get some really individualized support. Yeah. So food is always the best source of nutrients um, before supplements. Yeah. You only use supplements if you really need to. Okay. We're just going to take a quick break now to mention our podcast sponsors. And then after the break, we'll be answering a couple more questions. IGA know the importance of local better than anyone because if fresh is what you're looking for, it has to be local. It's why they source delicious fresh produce from local suppliers wherever they can and why every supermarket is independently owned by local families. You'll find that the shelves are stacked with everything a local community needs and that each store is unique and tailored to their local community's tastes. So if you're looking for a supermarket where locals matter, pop into your local RGA today. Okay, so the next question we have is, should I be taking a protein powder? So you definitely don't have to be taking a protein powder. And I think it's important that we make clear that you can definitely get enough protein in your diet through food. There tends to be a huge hype around protein. Everyone's protein, 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 but we can definitely get enough protein in our diets through food. It's really going to depend on what your health goals are, your level of fitness, and how much protein you're actually getting in your current diet. Um, for certain groups of people, so for people that are vegan or vegetarian, then protein powders can be a good option for them. Not always, but sometimes they might be a good option just to top up their protein. Yeah. So I guess with protein powders, like overall, we are a fan. And if you follow us on, on social media, we do often post about protein powders, but I guess we want to make it really clear that there's no blanket rule. Like everyone should be having a protein powder because it really, really depends. So for me personally, this is Anna speaking. I really, I usually will add protein powders to my breakfast smoothies because what I find is that adding a bit of protein powder, like half a scoop, really helps to keep me stay, stay keep, keeps me full through to lunch. Whereas if I have a smoothie without it, it, I just find that I am snacking more in the morning. So again, you don't have to have it in your breakfast smoothies, but it is a good way just to easily bump the protein up. And I also just love the taste of my um, vanilla protein. And we do recommend, like we choose a whey protein isolate. Yeah, and I can vouch for Anna's breakfast smoothies. You know, whenever she makes me one, I definitely feel full until lunch. So she's doing something right. Whereas I guess for me, Alex speaking with protein powders, I don't necessarily, they're not something I have regularly in my diet. I might have them if I, you know, go through a period of training more, which I'm not really doing at the moment. But, or sometimes I like adding. She's on maternity leave. (laughs) Or sometimes I like to add them to baked foods or if I'm making protein balls. So, I guess I would use them more ad hoc. Or like if you're particularly hungry or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you can sometimes have like a protein shake as an afternoon snack. Like some of my clients will have that. So for some of my clients, either looking to build muscle or sometimes looking to lose weight or gain weight, they can really be used for both goals. Um, Again, it just comes down to talking to someone qualified. And finally, for our last question, are drinks like Coke Zero bad for you? Okay. So... Firstly, we really want to try to move away from classifying foods as good or bad 
because all foods can form part of a balanced, healthy diet. And we really mean this. So we wouldn't really say they are bad for you, in, in inverted commas, um, because there isn't any solid evidence to show that the regular consumption of diet or sugar-free drinks is harmful. However, we do not advise drinking them on a daily basis. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. Like we, When we're sort of looking at someone's diet, what we'd be looking at is how often you might be drinking something like Coke Zero um, and also what you'd otherwise be drinking. So if you're drinking you know, multiple cans a day and it's instead of water, um, then, then that's where it might sort of be having an, a detrimental impact on your overall diet and your health, whereas um, – if you're drinking them instead of something like a regular soft drink or um, alcohol, then they may actually, you know, that's where they can sort of, I guess, play a better role in someone's diet. Yeah, so it really depends like what you're currently doing and what you're swabbing, like subbing it in and out for. But I guess the benefit of, say, Coke Zero, for example, it doesn't have any calories, so it doesn't contribute to weight gain. So certainly for some of our weight loss clients, they find it, they like to include it in their diet um, as, a po- as a good substitute for, say, like a, a sugary soft drink. Yeah, I guess you just got to remember that Coke Zero does still contain caffeine, so you need to just keep that in mind and look at other sources of caffeine in your diet throughout the day to make sure that you're not, you know, overloading on caffeine. Yeah, and none of the ingredients in it are by any means good for us, so like you want to be mindful of how often you're having it. But even Alex and I will occasionally have a Coke Zero, um, definitely not every day or even every week, but occasionally we will really enjoy having one, um, and there's no harm that's going to be done from just having them occasionally. Yeah, but the bottom line is that water is always going to be the healthiest choice or something like kombucha if you're looking for bubbles. I guess. We love a booch. Yeah. <laughs> but water, yeah, always water. So that is a wrap, guys. Season one is done and dusted. You. Thank you so much for joining us this season and listening to the Biting Truth podcast. It's been so nice We've to be in your it. ears every week and we are so excited to be coming back bigger and better in season two. And if you haven't already, please, please, please leave us a rating and review. We would really appreciate it and it makes a massive difference. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.